Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, it's not just in the middle of the night. He goes, bing, 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 bing. He wants to say that during the day. He wants to direct you during the day. That's what prayer is. It's two-way conversation. It's not weird stuff. I didn't say to my wife as we were driving, okay, now let me stop the car and let me get on. God, did you really say I need to go to this place? That's weird. It's two-way conversation. And you say, well, should that be normal? Yes, it should be. So-called Christian TV has done a real disservice to many aspects of normal Christian activity by exaggerating and distorting them. Instead of prayer being a solemn but joyous communication with God, it can look sometimes like a shouting match, telling God what he must do for the people praying. Absurd. You'll hear in Pastor Mark's teaching today the proper attitude to have when you're praying. You'll find out what kind of prayer pleases God and what the results are when you pray the way God wants you to pray. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 as he continues his message, All Kinds of Prayers. Now, number four, pray with humility. The right motive. Notice Nehemiah one six. God, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your, you might want to circle this word, your servant. So he's not bossing God. He's not saying, God, I need a hundredfold. I know you're going to do it now. He says, your servant is praying before you. How often? Day and what? Day and night. He's praying day and night. For your servants, the people of Israel. So, notice the incredible consistency of his prayer. But notice the next statement. I confess the sins those Israelites do. They're pretty bad people. Notice what he does. I think this is very important. It doesn't say that at all. It says, I confess the sins we Israelites including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. You see, this prayer included confession. God, I want your ears to be attentive, your eyes to be open. I'm your servant. I'm just your servant. I know you're not this supernatural bellhop. So God, I humbly say to you, here's the need. I identify with these sinful people because that's all I am. The reason we're here in captivity is because as a nation, we sin. So we have to be careful. Remember in Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name, and if you're a Christian, 
you're one of them, will humble themselves and call on me, met their need, boom, God will answer. Well, sometimes all we like to do is talk about the bad things of our country. Well, we're part of it. If you're an American, we let all this happen. We really did. Many times we never prayed. And now we're praying, aren't we? Trying to get prayer back in the schools. We didn't pray about it when it was getting taken out. We just kind of go along with that thing. And so what you're seeing here is a humility because the motive isn't, well, God, you need to fix this wall because those guys are sinning over there. No, God, we humbly confess. Please listen to us. We're asking you to come and do something. We admit we've been wrong. When you have your daily devotions, remember the first part of your daily devotions is yesterday. How'd I do? What'd I do? Did I lose it? Did I ask the person at home? Now, number five, pray with consistency and zeal. Your servant is praying before you day and night. The issues are heavy on his heart. He's doing the only thing he can do to change the problem. God already has a solution before we pray. Isn't this amazing? Nehemiah is saying, God, I'm praying 24-7 for this need. It's on my heart. God, I need to hear from you. The Bible says, God already knows what we need before we ask. That's incredible. Now, notice it says, pray with consistency and zeal. We can pray with consistency, but sometimes we lose the zeal when the answer isn't right away, don't we? We pray for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, no answer. Some of you are in there. You're right there in that. You've been praying. You know God can answer. The consistency there, but the zeal's kind of gone. The faith's gone. No, you have to be consistent. Nehemiah prayed four months before God opened one door. Four months. So don't get discouraged. Sometimes it's more than four months. But he prayed for four months. And so, with that is the zeal, God, you can still do it. Your timing's right. God, you know what I need. You know what the situation is. God, I just trust you. And then God will eventually open that door for us. First Thessalonians 5.17 just simply says this, pray continually. So, 24-7, pray without ceasing. There has to be times in your life, I think it's so clear, where God will speak to you during the night. You've heard me talk about it many times before. And you don't want to... You don't want to talk about it specifically. I do that just to challenge you. It isn't anything like we're special people because God speaks to us during the night. But sometimes God will just wake you up with a, a prayer request or somebody on your heart and you just need to get up. Or if you're a teacher, quite often you'll need to get up and write it down. If you're very young, then your mind's fine. But keep a little pen. Some of you gave me a little pen with a little light so I can get up and not bother my wife. And I just write the note down and keep on going. Sometimes... If God really speaks, I just have to get up and write the whole pages because the next morning I'll never remember what he told me. There's other times, and this is more often, that God wants to speak to you every day during the day. All during the day. Today, I was out. Then I went out to pray for somebody today. and I was out early this morning. I walked through Sam's to pick up something on the way to work. There's nobody there and just a few people because it's the business people. I walked in and somebody just gave kind of an answer to prayer. Pastor Mark, wow, this really happened to me. You know, as I passed him by another person said, hey, Pastor Mark, guy over in the corner said, hey, Pastor Mark, guy over here said, hey, Pastor Mark, see you tonight. Well, what is this, church? <laughs> it's great. As we were driving to do what we wanted to do this afternoon to go pray for the individual, I went by a restaurant. And God just said to my heart, you know who owns that? It's a new restaurant. You need to go speak to him. 
And I'd already planned to do it and tried to call once, didn't work, whatever. So went back in, went, did our thing, came back, went to pray, couldn't find somebody. He wasn't there. I walked in the restaurant. This lady says, hey, how are you, Pastor Mark? And so I just talked with her for a little while. But I'm going to go back and pray for that person. Now, how did that happen? Because I'm listening. I'm trying to. I'm listening to God. You see, it's not just in the middle of the night. He goes, bing, 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 bing. He wants to say that during the day. He wants to direct you during the day. That's what prayer is. It's two-way conversation. It's not weird stuff. I didn't say to my wife as we were driving, okay, now let me stop the car and let me get on. God, did you really say I need to go to this place? That's weird. It's two-way conversation. And you say, well, should that be normal? Yes, it should be. When God speaks to us, that we just obey. And this is what Nehemiah is doing. He's so intimately involved, he's just pouring out his heart to God with zeal consistently. Number six, pray with intercession. Notice in in that verse, you can actually circle it. He says, open your ears day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. He's praying for your servants, for your servants. That's what intercession is. He's not praying for himself. He's praying for others. We don't want to be selfish in our prayer. He's praying on the behalf of people who, at the moment, well, they don't seem to be interested or they can't solve the problem. Here's something very important. Nehemiah is praying for his people who are a thousand miles away. How many of you have a loved one or a close friend That's a thousand miles away. That's unsaved. Here's the next thing you want to write down. Distance is never a hindrance to prayer. A thousand miles is nothing to God. Bing. You think the shuttle's fast. Prayer is faster. And no tiles come off. It just goes. So as you think about that, don't be discouraged. He's praying about people that are a thousand miles away. And by the way, we're praying to God in heaven who's a lot more than a thousand miles away. And there's no time delay. There's nothing. Boom. Instant. It's right there. Now, he's, number one, interceding for a nation. I think that's a great thing for us to intercede for. Our nation. Second, he's interceding for people who have grown apathetic. The individual that God asked me to go see is somebody I know from my past up at Calvary Merritt Island. The person I'm going to go see is no longer serving God. How many of you have, you have personal knowledge just in, just in Brevard County of people that you know used to really serve God and they just don't go to church anymore? Let me see your hands. This is incredible. Do you realize if, if those people would come back to the Lord, how many more churches we'd have to build in Brevard County? I was out with somebody this week, and they were telling me about the same situation. It was actually last weekend. And they were just telling me about all the people because of a certain situation in a church. These people who were incredible just don't even go to church anymore at all. And you never would have guessed it. Just don't go to church anymore. They have no interest in the things of God. And they were, they'd be people like me, and they're just not interested in God anymore. How does that happen? doesn't happen like this. happens like this. 
So I think it's very important to pray for one another in our spiritual health. That's how these people got there. They weren't in a small group. They let themselves get attacked by the enemy. You know, the enemy always attacks the people at the back. When Israel was moving out, the enemy would come and clip off the older people at the back. That's exactly what the enemy does. Those of you sitting on the back, (laughs) get up here. (laughs) I won't say any more to you, Barry. That's fine. All right. Now, I want you to see this. I'm joking about that. I want you to see this verse. Colossians. This is a great prayer to write down. And by the way, I'll be selfish. If you'd like to pray this prayer for Linda and I, we'd love it. Because we'd like to pray it for you and you'd like to pray it for others. Let me just read it to you in the New Living Translation, which I like so well. Paul says, so we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants you to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then... The way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with His glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. That's an incredible prayer for your loved ones, for your husband, for your wife, for your relatives, for your neighbors, for people that you love in the Lord. That's a prayer of spiritual growth. It never stops. It just, uh, we could teach weeks on that prayer. So I encourage you to do that. Now, number seven, pray with the right view of self. And again, as I mentioned to you, the word is we. I confess the sins we, Israelites. Nehemiah knows that it's not just them, it's him. And Nehemiah knows where he came from. He's reminded, don't become self-righteous in your prayers. When we go through Matthew, we'll come to the Pharisee member. Well, I'm God, I'm thankful I'm not like that guy over there. I'm wonderful. The sinner went, God help me. Well, guess who got the help? The sinner. So be careful, and I'll have one more comment to say about that. If you think you're something without God, you're nothing. I'm nothing without God. And I need God's grace. And again, if you think you are, you will fall. That's a promise from God. Number eight, pray with the knowledge of the word. Look at verse seven. Nehemiah says, we have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not, here it is, we have not obeyed. The commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Nehemiah knew the word of God. He knew the commands of Moses. He knew that the people had not obeyed it. Now, one of the things that's good is to just pray the word. Find you a situation like that. I did that one day this week in one of the Psalms. I just watched what David did, and I prayed it along with David. You might practice that with this prayer. Go back yourself, put your own situation in and pray it. It's wonderful. As you're going through the book of Acts in your homework, you you remember the homework? As you're going through that, pray that. Pray that prayer. Put yourself in the upper room. Put yourself there. That's what the Bible's about. And watch God minister to you. That's where the Word comes alive. And of course, you're here tonight, so we're praying with the knowledge of the Word. The more we know the Word... 
the more effective our prayer. Why? Because the Word is God. That's who He is. The more I know God, His character, the more effective my prayer life. Number nine, pray expecting grace. Notice verse eight. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if you are exiled at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. That was happening right now. God had said, you finally returned in obedience. I'm coming, but there's some more problems. You need to get straight. So when you pray for the prodigals, pray grace. God's into grace. You say, man, some of the excuses these people will give you is this. I've gone too far from God. I've sinned too much. God won't forgive me. That's wrong. God will always forgive. The only unpardonable sin that we know of is if a person says, I choose not to receive God's grace. That's a dangerous place to be. God wants us to come and he wants us to go to people who have kind of lost their way. And the enemy comes to them and says, You've gone too far. There's no hope for you. Satan's a liar. God's in the grace. Number 10, pray specifically. Notice what he prays. Oh, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant, circle the word, success. Now, I have to be careful with that. I'll address a little bit of it. Give your servant success Today, by granting him favor in the presence of this man. This man, of course, is Artaxerxes, the king. And then he says, I was cupbearer to the king. So Nehemiah prays specifically. What does he pray for? He says, and you're going to see why he prays this. He says, God, I need specific favor, not only with my boss, but today. So God had spoken to him over these four months, and he says, now's the time to ask Artaxerxes, because he's the one that's going to give you this solution, and you need to do it today. So pray specifically. You say, well, can God speak to me like that when the door opens? Absolutely. There's a timing in God's will. Number 11, pray with faith, expecting God's favor. Notice he says, give your servant success. Do you really think he expected God to answer? Yes. Let me ask you a question. Do you expect God to answer? Now there's five ways he answers, but that's another teaching. You say, well, God didn't answer me. Oh, he always answers one of the five ways. Let me just say this to you. And all I want you to do is write the next statement down. Joshua 1.8, you know about success. Here's what success is. Discovering God's will for our daily lives and doing it. Don't get complicated by what the world says success or by what many of the people in the church do. They relate it to prosperity and whatever. You know, I heard somebody teaching again the other day that because Judas had a money bag, Jesus was incredibly rich and whatever. That's all garbage. I mean, Jesus is rich, but he came to this earth poor and lived just as a man as you and I. Certainly had some money, but it's not into that. So be careful. Nehemiah isn't saying success in money. He's sitting in money. But it's not success in his life because he needs to do something for God. Now, one other thing you may want to write down is this. Success is doing what God wants you to do 
right where you are now. He says, God, deal with this situation here right now. When this situation is dealt with, God's going to move him. He's going to give him another opportunity to do something different. So God could move you to a new job, a new responsibility, a new town, whatever. So he prays, God, I want success now. Success is not, well, Pastor Mark, when I get here and I get this finished and I get college done and I get this done and I get these things done here or I get this new job and I get promoted to this thing, then I'll be able to be useful for God. No, 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 no. Success is where you are right now. Well, I don't like my job now. I don't like my boss now. I got success is where you are right now. Don't get that attitude. Well, then. No, life is not lived then. Life is lived right now. Today. When I have this, when I do this, when I get these things done. No, you live today. That's what success is all about because that's all we have promised. Now, notice what happens is our Xerxes gives him an opening. And notice what verse 12 says. After he heads back to Jerusalem, and I'm going to go back to one other verse quickly. He says, I sat out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. So the statement you want to write is this. God wants to put his plans in our heart. See, during this four months, God told Artaxerxes his plan. His plan, not Artaxerxes' plan. And then Artaxerxes had to wait for God to open the doors. Now, look at chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, this is not an advertisement, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in the presence before. So, notice the month there. That's the four months. So it gives us a date how long he'd been praying, and he comes, and God begins to open this door. And remember now, faith is built one way, by patience. And then look down in verse 4, and that's what we're going to end with. The king said to me, when he saw, Artaxerxes was never sad in the king's presence, and actually, you could probably lose your life for doing that as a servant. Notice what the king says. king said to me, what is it that you want? And then Nehemiah says this, Then I prayed to the God of heaven. Well, wait a minute. Didn't he already have the plan? Yes, he had the plan. But now he's praying on his feet. He'd been praying four months, day and night, but now he's praying on his feet, quick, almost like this. The king says, Well, what do you want? And he's saying just moments before he responds, Oh God, help. Give me the boldness to say exactly what I want. And what he's going to say is, I want to go back. So notice, prayer is extended periods of time with God, fasting, mourning, all kinds of things. It's persistent. It's over time. But then there's other times, prayer is boom. It's quick, just like that. And before he speaks, he says subconsciously, God, I need... I need wisdom. I'm going to ask the king right now. This is a bold step. God, get in the door. I'm asking him right now. And God answered. And you'll see the verse 12 we showed you. God said to the king, said, have at it. Go back. Enjoy it. So prayer is this incredible thing that happens at home, private, ongoing, morning, fasting, quick prayers, instant. But it's always God. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark continued telling you, using the example of Nehemiah, the things to do to keep your heart right when praying. You learned that it's important to keep your perspective on your relationship with God. You found out that humility is critical, as is knowing who God is, so that your prayers will accurately reflect His will. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. We've come to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, All Kinds of Prayers. Next time, he'll begin his message, The Power of Prayer. Pastor Mark will be sharing the story of Paul and Silas and the adventures they had in the city of Thyatira. You'll find out how God can use what seems to be a bad situation for his good and how your attitude can determine your success. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting